Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafrey. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Eric Branson. Eric, are you there? I'm here. How's I it going? Here. It's going good. It's uh, I can walk again, so that's, oh, good. that's always good. Last time we recorded, it was right, like a few days after I had sprained my ankle severely and was hobbling around, so down to just a regular old ankle brace now, which I may just be employing on a regular basis if I'm doing stuff, because I don't want it to happen again and as you know yeah <laughs> it's yeah the more you do it the more likely you are to uh, injure really it again it. so and, and i think for people that have never like rolled their ankle really bad or sprained their ankle that is a level of pain that is um in a whole league of its own like i don't know about you but when i when i and i know when it's a really bad sprain because i actually feel nauseated for a moment and it's it's intense yeah like, like it it's body this time pain. it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was pretty painful. It didn't stay painful for a really long time. It was really just that first day. but um, And then after that, it was still like very weak and like I couldn't really walk on it. But it was, yeah. Anyway, much better now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hey, just a reminder, all the reviews we do here on the Video Junkyard podcast are full of spoilers. Now, most of the movies that we are reviewing are older than I am, so if you haven't seen them yet, get out there and watch them. But just as a warning, there are spoilers in these reviews. Spoiler alert. It's been a really exciting week for movies. Um, you know, well, yeah, I guess I, mean, I guess technically we're going on, on week two of this now, but, uh, you know, not this past Friday, but the one prior, technically the Thursday before, uh, the MCU's Avengers... Endgame was released. Uh, it was yep. April 26th. April, April 26th, Endgame was released. And it's become... I didn't think the MCU could be a bigger cultural phenomenon, but holy shit, the last week has been yeah. nuts. Yeah, it seems like everybody's talking... If they're not talking about Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, they're talking about Marvel, or yeah, about Avengers Endgame. And uh, yeah, I still... <laughs> I'm still in the dark. I never get to the movie theater these days, so... Um, Needless to say, I hope this is a spoiler-free conversation when it comes to that film. But absolutely, uh, <laughs> I did yeah, go see. I, I kind it. of avoided absolutely. reading about it. I I would like to see it, but it's not the end of the world. Like I like we've talked about in private, and I I suppose it, get it out there on the table. I've not been a very loyal Marvel fan, or not much of a Marvel fan, MCU fan, um, in the past, like few years i followed along in the early what they call phase one part mm -hmm. of the mcu uh pretty faithfully but it kind of kind of got a bit bored with it and you know kind of found my way back towards the beginning of phase three i think i saw civil war and went okay well this was i like this again like this is very good 
Um, but I never got back into like the completion, you know, seeing everything. I did see Infinity War and enjoyed it and would like to see Endgame, but it's not like killing me necessarily. I've never been the biggest fan of, you know, the Marvel movies. And uh, as a disclaimer, it's not because I don't enjoy them. I usually do once I get around to seeing them. It just doesn't, it's not one of those things. It's not coming from, you know, that place of childhood fandom like that my like uh you know dc and batman superman type Mm -hmm. fandom comes from because that was what i those were my heroes you know growing up um now that being said when they start to incorporate you know spider-man a little more heavily and and the x-men now they have 20th century fox coming in now we're gonna start talking probably getting me back to the theater yeah because that's the stuff i grew up reading as well but yeah, I remember you being a bigger X-Men fan than than Avengers. But then again, I don't it, it, when we grew up really in the 90s, um Avengers wasn't something anybody talked about. The X-Men were very popular. Yeah. Um the well, early I mean, 90s, the Batman films were popular, the Michael Keaton ones, but but I mean X-Men you had the TV show, the cartoon, um there that was yep. incredibly popular. The comics were very popular. It was one of the more popular comic books of the 90s. Um and and so I think, yeah, that we, and then they started doing movies and stuff. So that that really right. I think is what pulled me into Marvel. That and Spider Man, Spider Man and X Men were my two Marvel things I liked a lot too. But I don't remember anybody being a Captain America fan in the nineties. No, me neither. And I was vaguely aware of the Avengers because I believe they did had a Fox Saturday morning animated television show eventually this Mm -hmm. is post the major you know um major popularity of the x-men and then spider-man animated television shows and i think they were doing an avengers show but i think it was like one of those things where they had like i don't know if it was part of the spider-man series but it was like once a month or something it would be like a different marvel showcase and that's where they started to do the avenger characters and the fantastic four and um some of the others and i'm sure you know other other nerds out there that grew up watching these these cartoon shows would would know a little better than me uh what exactly the format was but there certainly was an avengers one that came well uh, i I never really watched it (laughs) i do remember on the um the spider-man cartoon in the 90s they would feature you know occasionally they would have members of the x-men on there and it was the same animation studio and all that Mm -hmm. um but uh, i also remember a few episodes that had punisher that had captain america and they they made cap real corny you know like yeah well i mean he's kind of a corny character the mcu i think didn't know how to deal with him even at first but Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think they they started on the right track though because i mean there were earlier versions of a lot of these characters in in movies and that was really the thing we wanted to talk about tonight was what's this road to get to the mcu so which which that started in 2008 with with John Favreau's uh, Iron Man film with Robert Downey Jr., yeah. right? That really kicked it off. And from what I understand, and maybe I could I could be corrected on this, but from what I understand, the whole post-credit sequence in Iron Man mm-hmm. with you know Samuel Jackson showing up at the very end as Nick Fury and just saying, you know, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, and people started you know going nuts over it. Uh, from what I understand, that was just kind of a throw-in. And we'll see how this does. If the movie is popular, maybe we'll explore that. If it's not, well, then it was just a nod to fans. Right. And it ended up, they started putting pieces together. And (laughs) it really, I I can't believe how, the the sprawling of this. Yeah, let, let I mean real quick we'll we'll talk about the MCU for a second and then we'll go, you know, kind Mm. of into the, the road that led us here. But I think the reason that it, it bears mentioning is that it's really the first time anything like this has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. Like it's been accomplished in the pages of comic books, you know, since, well, I don't know when they stopped being like comic strip, you know, four page quick stories when people started really to write, you know, um, I don't put a little more into comic book superhero stories and i would say probably in the mid 70s is when you started to see things like that and then they would have these long story arcs that would cross not only different titles but into different you know so captain america's book or iron man's book um, would start to cross over and then they'd have the big like avengers team and, and and each company had their different kind of right version of that you know justice league of america and dc and um etc cetera, etc cetera. so the 
the the the kind of blueprint had been laid but the idea of you know how would the amount of films and the amount of money and the amount of um you know keeping a cast for 10 years and trying just it just didn't even mm-hmm. seem possible even at the time when iron man came out like even even putting that first avengers film together just seemed like such an amazing feat yeah and to see even how far it's come from there yeah is, i remember uh, seeing the first avengers thing holy shit they pulled this off yeah you know and because it, it's been attempted at points and... in the past not the avengers specifically but multi-hero um mm-hmm. television or, or films and usually not to a whole lot of success <laughs> no i mean there'd be crossovers in like you said cartoons yeah and in a couple of the uh 1970s and 80s series the live action series like i'm, I'm thinking specifically the cbs incredible hulk show from uh, 78 to 82 I mean, those yep. episodes were yeah. pretty formulaic, but they, they had the pilot movie on CBS in 1977, and then they actually brought those TV movies, or they did more TV movies in 88 and 89, where they had Incredible Hulk Returns, and in that one you actually have uh, Steve Levitt playing Donald Blake, or Thor, who Thor was played by Eric Kramer. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, if you ever track that one down... So the Incredible Hulk returns. Track that one down. The uh, their version of Thor is is pretty amusing. Um, <laughs> and then a year later, they did the trial of the Incredible Hulk with uh, Rex Smith as Matt Murdock, Daredevil. So they were trying to do these. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. A- and I think you know the late '80s we had a a, a more of a, a kid popularity among superheroes there were attempts at making these you know shows that adults could watch and most of the time those didn't do too well i mean you had the wonder woman show that was popular with um and and same with the incredible hulk tv show but mm-hmm. you know, we didn't see a lot else uh until really you know they they did the uh tim burton's batman films in the late 80s which kind of showed hey this can be for grown-ups and kids and then we, it's these attempts, right? These spotty things here and there, like <laughs> Roger Corman's miss, Fantastic yeah. Four movie that was never formally released because it was simply made just to keep the rights to the property. Right. Uh, yep, with, because they intended on doing a, a quote-unquote real Fantastic Four movie at some point. But, yeah, we're still waiting for that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I despite, was going to say, no, no, would somebody please make one eventually? <laughs> yeah, despite the... Let's see. There's been well, yeah, four of them, right? There's there was well, the I mean that one. that was one of the things that and this getting off subject again, but one of the things when when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox just a couple weeks ago, it's one of the things that got the immediate green light was a new another Fantastic Four reboot. So hopefully, well, in the hands of you know the the Marvel company now or Marvel Studios now, it will finally get some justice done to it, but. Yeah, you know. which I maybe that's just a tough one to do because it has to be corny. You right, know, there has to can't. be a perfect, but I don't know. The, the MCU has been able to already, you know, Marvel Studios has been able to balance that in in multiple sure um, examples. So I, I mean, I think I feel like we're gonna finally, it would it would be a giant misstep for them to make another p- bad Fantastic Four movie. But <laughs> well, and um, so what do you think really started this road? Where where would this road start in your opinion? Um, I think where you start to see the building blocks of the modern comic book blockbuster um, that would eventually become um, the MCU. I like that you mentioned the Batman films because they they were very much that. They were big summer blockbusters, and um, I don't know if they were really summer. I actually think Batman Returns being a Christmassy movie came out in the wintertime. But the... um, but yeah, just that kind of big blockbuster type thing, and that there was a series, and there was some like in movie continuity going on that Joel mm-hmm. Schumacher kind of threw to the wind. But, um, but I don't think they quite had that element of uh, th- that modern element of this is going to be you know a series. This is going to be something we're going to build on. So it's not only going to be a movie based on a comic book, but it's going to have some elements of a comic book series. It's going to kind of exist in its own realm, and you know, kind of be. They weren't using the word universe yet at that point, I don't think, but mm-hmm. uh, that it's really what they meant is it was gonna they were gonna kind of film by film build a bigger story, implement more characters, etc. And I actually think the first movie that kind of 
fits that bill is the what is it 1998 film um, based on or the 1998 film Blade and Blade does not necessarily have those giant ambitions of universe building but I think the reason Blade is the first movie to mention is because it was the first 90s film superhero movies had kind of run their course through the you know the 80s late 70s and 80s Superman films and then the early 90s with the Batman films um, they were out of vogue again I think by the late 90s or they you know they weren't as popular. I think Blade was an interesting one because it tapped in. Not only was it a comic book hero movie, but it also tapped in on this, you know, craze we've talked about with the vampires, you know, vampire show, and and such. The it tapped into the vampire action movie thing. So here it is. Not only a Marvel Comics character coming to life, but he's you know he's a half vampire that kills vampires and you know et cetera et cetera. And it, and it was fairly. You know, love it, love it or hate it, it was a fairly successful movie at the box office. So I think that's the reason that that, in my mind, is where the spark starts. Because I think at the point when um, Blade is successful, people start to think, okay, well, they were able to adapt Blade into a highly successful movie. Um, what could we do? You know, we have we own these properties. Uh, if they didn't own them at the time, they got acquired these properties, like things like Spider-Man, things mm -hmm. like the X-Men, um, which were the next two major ones to come. But I think that's what got the the wheels turning on those things that obviously people have been trying to adapt into movies for two decades at this point. They just never really came to be until, I guess, until the stage was set by movies like Blade. And I'm sure Blade's not the only example. It's just the one... That, being that we're talking Marvel, it's the one that kind of sticks out. Right. And I mean, I remember around the time that movie came out again on that popular Spider-Man animated show, you had, they, they had Blade on there at one episode or two episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so he was a, a known character. And, and I believe the movie, the first movie did a fairly good job of somewhat incorporating other characters from the comics, uh, you know, in, into it. But Blade was not one of your big... You know, you didn't see little... Prior to the movie coming out, there weren't little kids walking around with Blade t-shirts. Like you see with Spider-Man, which is one of the most recognizable images right. around the world. Yeah. Up there with Superman I and Batman. Blade was hardly a household name. Yeah. You don't have six-year-old kids that dressing up like Blade for Halloween. At least prior to the movie coming out. Right. right. Perhaps, perhaps you did after that, but... Yeah. With questionable parenting above it, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and then, yeah, I think the X-Men movies, which the first one came out on, I believe, 99 or, or 2000, um, that was one because, again, of the, the success of the comic books in the 90s, especially this new whole new resurgence of them in the 90s, and the popularity of the Fox TV show, the cartoon, um, I remember just... I, I wanted a Spider-Man movie, and I wanted an X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably where my head was at, too, like, at that time. And I remember the excitement when I heard that the X-Men movie was coming, you know. I, which I suppose, at that point, you know, days prior to having the internet in my house, um, I probably didn't hear until I saw a trailer for it, but... So, maybe read a magazine article, Entertainment Weekly or something, but yeah, we didn't... We, did, we weren't following this for three years like they do now with movies prior to them coming out. Right, right. I mean, it, but I think those those were uh, the X-Men movies, and that's a franchise that's still going on. Yeah, yep. All um, within, within continuity somewhat, you know, mm -hmm. more or less from that first film in 2000. Yeah, and including, up to and including the Deadpool films. So, you know, that's, that's a whole other franchise and as as you mentioned you know the, it, that i think that should have probably been incorporated into the mcu at some point they they kind of tried to with mm -hmm. a couple of characters but they had to make some changes so they would you know avoid legal issues and and we did actually get our first spider-man movie the one with toby Maguire that was directed by sam raimi in 2002 and that was a huge phenomenon as well yeah, and I think this is the next major stepping stone to talk about when it comes to Marvel adaptations or that you're, you know, next major point on the map, the road that leads to the MCU and that Spider-Man is a, just a gigantic hit at the box office. Mm -hmm. And it's nominated for awards and 
I think everybody that was our age at the time when this came out went and saw this. I think I saw this movie three times in theaters. Yeah, me too. Which, you know, <laughs> I'm jealous of, you know, ever having the time to be able to do something like that, to see any movie at all, much less go see the same movie three times. But, right. um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I remember seeing it definitely multiple times in the theater and just loving it and thinking it was... You know, as much as I liked the X-Men movie, which now when I look back at it, I'm not sure how much I love the X-Men movie, but I did then for sure. And um, I liked this one even more. This one felt even more like the comic book. Like it was just really a good adaptation of Spider-Man, um, which is funny. Now I look back and I'm, I, I find some of their choices questionable, but yeah. um, it felt it felt good at the time. Like this was a good comic book movie. It felt more like the comic book than we'd been used to seeing or some of the older stuff we'd seen on TV. Um, the Fox television show was still great. And that's like literal, like the cartoon show was literally in X-Men the same way. Those are the best adaptations mm-hmm. of those comics because literally they were lifted right from the pages of the comics. They had the same art style as the comics. They, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it just, uh, yeah. And anyway, so I just remember having a really good feeling about Spider-Man and, was excited by it because it, it, I think the X Men movie was good, but I think Spider Man or walking out of seeing Spider Man the first time was the first time I realized the potential of like, wow, we could really see all of these things kind of come to life in a way that's not dumbed down for television like some of the seventies series right. were, or had to had right. to be because of the budgets they were working with. But this was like the real thing, um, you know. Sans this questionable Green Goblin costume with good special effects, um, you know, yeah a good cast great direction good score you know this was a this was a major budget movie really well made and you know spider-man film so well i think think they had a lot to live up to as well because spider-man is such this beloved character if if you would have just if they would have come out with another 70s version of spider-man you know where you guys remember that old tv show which was pretty bad (laughs) um I was trying to do the same thing that the the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, CBS Incredible Hulk thing was doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that would have been a real problem. So they had to really up their game. And I think for the most part they did. I mean, I know most of us look back at the Sam Raimi films and kind of roll our eyes, like you said, because of some questionable things. And then the third movie kind of falling apart there. Um, yeah. The second I mean, one's there's still probably a lot of reasons solid. for that. But yeah, the third one is... The second one, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, is among still to this day probably one of my favorite marvel comics films so yeah i've i've rewatched that one within the last few years and it actually still holds up fairly well i mean it's it and it actually i think feels a lot like what they what the modern marvel movies are doing i mean maybe not identically because it's not it doesn't have the weight of like this whole inner universe you know thing Mm -hmm. behind it but i think thematically and just the way it kind of a lot of what's going on in the movie and the complexity of the plot and just the way the characters are developed and it just the, i guess the way that the subject matter is taken seriously um mm-hmm. is reminds me a lot of what they ended up doing with all of the modern marvel movies and it was um so yeah spider-man 2 i think more than anything else uh that led up to the mcu i think was the movie that most reminds me now in hindsight of what they're doing with marvel now so yeah and then if you look like once that hit and showed popularity and i think the success the continued success of the x-men films during this time as well really pushed this off but wow the early 2000s i mean this was like an mc a pre-mcu that all they had to do was was start doing some connections because you had and these came out to some you know greater or lesser success but Ang Lee's 2003 Hulk movie. You mm-hmm. had uh, Daredevil in 2003 with Ben Affleck. Um, Thomas Jane Punisher. The Thomas Jane Punisher in 2004. Spider-Man 2 in 2004. And then Elektra in 2005. You had Spider-Man 3 in 2007. So all of these films were coming out. And yep. they, they had all of the pieces there. And I'm not saying it would have been a great assemblage. But... It seems well, like what really happened, you know, like with, with the MCU is putting in those post-credit stingers, you know, the <laughs> post-credit scenes is really what started connecting things because there's hints dropped in all of these movies to other 
other things. In in the original, you know, the movies I just mentioned, like Daredevil and the Spider-Man trilogy and Punisher and stuff, there's little references, to, like nods to the fans, but they never do anything with them, right? Yeah. Well, and here's the main thing, and it may not sound romantic or like, you know, the... the um maybe detract a little bit from the magic of the MCU a little bit, but um, the reason this wasn't, didn't come to be at that time, I mean, there certainly were a lot of comic book movies and a lot of interest in the Marvel characters and a lot of Marvel movies being made. The reason this didn't come to fruition at the time or there wasn't a universe built is that nobody, you know, no single entity owned the rights to all of this stuff. They were scattered throughout Hollywood. Yeah, you know, there um, were no Marvel, so... there was no Marvel Studios. Right, Sony owned Spider-Man, um, 20th Century Fox owned the X-Men, um, or the rights to the X-Men, the, I'm trying to think who, who, what other places, but yeah, I mean, they were, they were all over the place, and there was mm-hmm. no way that they were getting, um, any of them to, you know, agree and put their characters into the same films at that time, it just wasn't, it actually took all the way until Spider-Man Homecoming to get two studios to work together to make a superhero film, and... Um, it still ended up in a bunch of people suing each other by at the end of the day. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. And, and there's another uh, one of those coming out. And and honestly, I I personally have liked I I have liked how they've handled Spider-Man in the MCU. And I I'm glad they've mm-hmm. done it because it doesn't feel right without Spider-Man. You know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel right without the X-Men. So I want to see how they get yeah. them in. We'll see. But. Well, yeah, another one that came out then in 2007 was the uh, Nicolas Cage film Ghost Rider, which yes, technically yeah. now is part, not that film, but now technically that character is part of the MCU because of the TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has incorporated Ghost oh, Rider right. yep. into the Ghost show. Ghost Rider's so, been on the show. So, so right. and, and then if you also... I always forget that there's the whole TV element of yeah. it as well, so. and they've which actually makes it even cool more job. impressive, the fact that they have all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think around like two thousand and three or four, they also had. Uh, it, it was originally supposed to be a big budget film, but it ended up being a sci fi channel movie. Was Man Thing? Oh yeah, I saw Man Thing. Yeah, <laughs> they made yeah. a big deal out of that, like a Marvel Comics movie uh, or Marvel Comics character sci fi original. And yeah, I mean it was it was a sci fi original, that's for sure. Like, uh, and I I I say that coming from a place of somebody who and quite enjoys you know the cheesy monster movies they produce and it was enjoyable in that way but it certainly wasn't on a par with what was going on in hollywood although maybe no. it was better than the thomas jane punisher movie but you know we'll i don't see. know you know what i go back I, I watched that one again not long ago and it's it's just an action movie you know yeah yeah honestly um i i liked ray winstone and uh Punisher Warzone better. Oh god, I did too. And, and I hate <laughs> to say so that I liked Warzone. Warzone felt like so a Punisher much. comic book. That, you know? that movie, well, it was such a stupid like over the top action movie, but it just seemed to fit that I don't know, like like it was kind of like this is what a Punisher movie probably should be like, honestly, trying to Yeah. And I didn't see much of I saw the second season of Daredevil on Netflix, so I I saw what mm-hmm. they did with the the Punisher character on there and and, and fine, it was handled well. But I don't know. Something about the Warzone movie was like, okay, this is if you're gonna if you're gonna put the Punisher on film, this is kind of what they should be doing with it. Yeah, and, just I mean, crazy it was, balls of the wall. It walls. was silly, crazy action movie stuff, and there wasn't much substance to it. But I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. So well, just when they do the same, like the three badass like killer guys, and they all do parkour, and they're all in, you know they have this big parkour scene, and they're all in midair, and he just blows them up with a rocket launcher, and it's like, well, there's the end of that. <laughs> It's just like what? Yeah. And the way they put in jigsaw and everything. I mean, it's it was I I, I enjoyed it because it was just so ridiculous and also it's a really good soundtrack. Um, but yeah, the 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 Netflix branch of the MCU, which as we were talking about before we recorded, people kind of forget that's part of this too. So Daredevil, mm. uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, well, uh, there's like Iron three Fist. or four other television series as well. So. Yeah, there was uh, the a runaway, uh, Runaways was a, on Hulu, um, Cloak and Dagger, Shield, Shield on ABC, yeah, Cloak and Dagger on I don't even know what, um, a streaming yeah. network. Yeah, they also did and, Inhumans, and that didn't work out very well. 
Right. So there Most actually have the television been some stuff has been yeah. has been pretty unsuccessful to tell you the truth, including pulling the plug on all the Netflix stuff, which I know has to do somewhat with the the deal like the business between Netflix and Disney, but that's not entirely it. I and mean, they the shows just weren't as successful as their other ventures. I think um, they started the, out the, the, the first season of Jessica Jones and, and Daredevil especially were quite good. And then yeah, it, I actually thought they both were fantastic and both uh i never saw the second season of jessica jones but the second season of daredevil was a pretty major disappointment in my yeah not that it was terrible but yeah just compared to the first it was well i in my opinion pretty much all the stuff with electra was boring i I liked the punisher stuff i didn't care for the electra stuff but then again i never liked electra as a character i'll go ahead and say it and that 2005 movie was just a fucking train wreck but and as I was talking about earlier with you, like, you know, so they took the 2003 Ben Affleck Daredevil film and they took out the worst thing about it and made it its Which own film. Which is a challenge, so. It really <laughs> is. And honestly, Ben Affleck, I don't think, was the problem with the 2003 no, no, Daredevil. No, no, In fact, um, I remember having a conversation walking out of a movie theater with friends and probably with you. Did we see that together? I don't know. Yeah, remember. I think so. I think we yeah. did. But, um... And talking about, you know what, the only, like, the best thing about that movie was Ben Affleck, and they kind of had it like a Batman vibe to his character in that movie, which is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The whole movie had a little bit of a Batman vibe to it, and I think that um, it was probably said at one point in that car on the way home from that movie that Affleck wouldn't make a bad Batman, and so... I also you know, cr- crucify me for saying it, but uh, we were right. I think I, I think feel like so. he was a pretty solid Batman. Yeah, so. I think so. And and you know, um, one thing I really do really I always there's two things about that Daredevil film I really liked. One was the costume design for Daredevil. I thought the leather jacket type of suit was a, was a cool touch mm-hmm. rather than a spandex jumpsuit. You know. Um, yeah, they actually did a kind of decent job in the 90s movies and a lot of them with with kind of making their suits a little more believable or yeah. functional, practical. <laughs> but I also liked the the addition in the the Daredevil film with um the the kind of the sound cancellation chamber, the med- the the sound ta- soundproof chamber tank that he sleeps in and I thought they did a good job of showing. That was the first time we saw a superhero movie where, you know, he's pulling out busted teeth at the end of the night, which is a which is part of Daredevil. I mean, I thought they did a good job with the Netflix show of that too of showing that this guy takes a pummeling every night. <laughs> yeah, um, they and, did. And yeah. so I thought that was a good job, but but yeah, I mean, and uh I I wanted to actually jump back a little bit. What are your thoughts on the 2003 Ang Lee Hulk movie? You know, there's <laughs> I've had a lot of uh, conversations about it actually with a, with another friend of mine who's a, who's a fan of the film and I I wasn't a fan of the film. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time. I remember being really impressed with the style of the film, like everything that the um, Ang Lee did with the like look and feel of the film to make it kind of literally like a comic book come to life um, was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I felt like there was way too much, or it was way too plot heavy and not enough Hulk in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the most common complaint, and I think it's the most valid complaint about it. I think it's a competently made film with a really, really, I don't know, misadvised CGI third act that I get so many Hollywood movies, especially then, but even still now, sometimes. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I have the same complaint about the the Incredible Hulk film as well. The third act is just a couple of cartoons fighting one another. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. The Ang Lee movie is probably I probably like the Ed Norton one a little bit more, but in general, I don't think we've seen a great Incredible Hulk movie, and I would like to. So, yeah, I would I would have to agree. I I do prefer the official MCU Incredible Hulk movie. Um. It's a shame that it's a bit disjointed looking at it now, since they have Mark Ruffalo playing Banner and you know yeah. how, how that kind of that's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, because it does change a bit of the style, I think uh, Ruffalo does a little bit more of a of a goofier Hulk, and yeah. and uh, Edward Norton was definitely more of the angry, sinister. Not to say sinister, but just more of an angry, scarier looking Hulk. Paranoid, uh, the, neurotic, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, but the um, 
the Ang Lee one, I thought it, it it's not good. It's not as bad as some people remember it. Um, it is very stylized, but as far as the storytelling itself, it is problematic. There's a lot of issues with it. Um, yeah. I mean, Jennifer Connelly's in it, so I mean, it's got that going for it. But... Yeah, I was just trying to remember who plays who, who <laughs> was who bring, was Betsy Ross in that, that one. Time, I, but... I was just yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to remember like who the hell was Betsy Ross in that one. Not Betsy yeah. Ross. Um, Betsy Ross. Not yeah. Betsy Ross. <laughs> not the flag lady. Betty but. Ross. Um, but yeah, the um, I I remember liking it when it first came out, and then I went through a period where I didn't, and now I think I kind of appreciate it yeah, a little you know, bit more. Again. I feel like I went through exactly the same thing with that movie. I think when it first came out, I was like, oh, that was really cool. I liked it. And then I saw it again, and I was like, wow, this is really long. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I feel like you could... I don't know, it just wasn't what I was looking for in a Hulk movie at that time, and probably still, even, it's just too much. Do you think the Hulk it's, it's... is a hard character to, to to take his own film, like to have a, an entire film for? Yeah, I think there's some challenges there, and the funny thing is, is it worked in the 70s TV series, I'm actually kind of a fan of that show, although it's it's very you know formula formulaic mm-hmm. like pretty much every episode. He's gonna he's you, gonna you change know, twice. <laughs> one will be once will be on camera. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's but I, but I think that that was handled very well. They did it was it it works really well in a, in a, in an episodic sort of way where it's a new adventure. He's kind of out on the road, so it's a new set of characters, and he can um, when you get him into a movie where you have to deal with not only his origin but also his the the character of Bruce Banner's actual life. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think there there's it just it fell apart in both scenarios or both instances and i don't know why that is i think maybe it's just because as the hulk he's he's not much of a character <laughs> he's just i don't know he, yeah he, i mean i i'll give him points lewis letter points for the the mcu version with edward norton where they they just kind of did it okay here's the quick origin in the opening credits yeah the focus of the film wasn't origin it was already like this many days since my last out my last you know episode and yeah and it, i always it was, kind a, of it was a drawn out it was a drawn out adventure right it was like one episode of that tv show but to a full film and i think maybe that was too much when it first came out i feel like i i kind of thought it was like okay well this is kind of a loose sequel to hulk but they're mm-hmm. not really gonna it's not really a sequel but they're gonna like kind of say okay well the or we did the origin in that movie so we're just moving on. It it can work. It can function as a sequel, but we're not going to directly reference it as in any like, like obviously Eric Bana was not Bruce Banner in this movie and, and such. But and I think mm-hmm. it's still kind of like that's still kind of my understanding is it works. You didn't need the origin to be there necessarily. Well, I think it was one we of those did. we, we all know. Saw, it. Yeah, we all know it's, it. It's the situation later with the Spider-Man films where we just um, Sam Raimi's trilogy came out in like what five years after it five years or eight years i don't know but it was relatively soon after um spider-man 3 we got the andrew garfield um amazing spider-man series so it yeah it was like three or four years later yeah only three or four years later four yep four years 2012 so yeah and they didn't take that advice and just did a whole nother like it was a total reboot. Like they're going to start from origin all over again. And I always felt like that was a bit of a misstep. And that's what kind of killed those movies is like, it was too soon after we had just like gotten in that series, they should have just picked up and, you know, changed the little things they wanted to change, but assume everybody already knew Spider-Man and, um, didn't have to deal with that all over again. And we shouldn't have had to see, you know, we shouldn't have had characters recast and such and such and such. They could have just gone on with the whole thing, but anyway i think spider-man 3 left such a sour taste in everybody's mouth that they were like we need to reboot it but they made the they started then right away doing the exact same mistake they did with spider-man 3 so you know they did the andrew garfield amazing spider-man which wasn't bad um no i I remember seeing it and actually kind of liking it after i wouldn't give it a chance for the longest time mm -hmm. and then i kind of like it was fine yeah there are some things i didn't like about it I i didn't like the kind of douchey peter parker it's like peter parker's kind of a dork he's supposed to Mm -hmm. be and then when he's spider-man he's the badass 
don't make him a wisecracking kid without the mask because the mask yeah. kind of gives him that confidence to cut loose a little bit so i didn't like that but um and then they came out with amazing spider-man 2 and it's like all right we're gonna have green goblin we're gonna have electro we're gonna have rhino we're just gonna keep cramming all the characters in there um yeah which was the even, problem i have never in, seen that one i don't think i ever I, it they were gonna try to build a, a big universe and it didn't work and they were gonna yeah. even you know i i think the real problem is and i'm glad the mcu hasn't done this yet Maybe it's because they can't, but they always seem to be way too eager to put Venom in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Way too eager. <laughs> what I always thought they well, should have done I mean, for I... Sam Raimi's third Spider-Man movie is have him get the black costume, and he's just he has it for that one, and if you want to do Venom, maybe the next one. But yeah. let him have yeah, it for I a while. Yeah, they could have taken some time with it, Yeah, But it was way too much in one movie. Yeah, well, agreed, and... and... I've read a lot about what, you know, what happened with Spider-Man 3, and I don't think Sam Raimi... I think Sam Raimi would probably agree with you on that point, honestly. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Well, yeah, he's, he's if I'm not mistaken, he's admitted that it was like, oh, the fans kept saying we want Venom, so we gave him Venom. Yeah, it was the first example I remember of fandom steering a film. Yeah. Um, they were almost done shooting that movie when Venom got added um, to the script later after much pressure from the studios and i don't know i honestly don't i'd sam raimi himself i don't think it's gone on record saying it but yeah it's supposedly it was it was mostly studio tampering that shoehorned venom into that movie Ooh. and they also didn't feel that the sandman was a strong enough main villain they wanted more so so they shoehorned in a villain that really didn't do anything <laughs> right yep but. probably because they had shot 75 percent of the film already so they had to kind of have him do not much but yeah, anyway. well, and 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 we've talked a little bit about the the new Tom Hardy Venom movie, which you know it, it's it, what I you know what I think I like about that one is it feels like a '90s superhero movie. It does. It's stupid in that way. Like I didn't hate everything about it. I just I the biggest sin it committed is I just think thought it was kind of generally uninteresting. There were some moments that were good. Um, I liked the like comic elements of it, like him at the Tom Hardy. And, you know, the suit bickering back and forth with one another was amusing almost every time it was on yep. screen. Um, yeah, there were some great lines. But, yeah, it just, in general, it just kind of sucked. And they, I don't know, they just, it wasn't really Eddie Brock. It wasn't really Venom. Like, they just kind of wrote a movie around the ideas. And, and that's fine, because that's why it reminds you of a 90s one, because it's exactly what they did in the 90s for all those things. So, yeah, we're just going to slap the um, name on here. Because I don't think you can have yeah. Eddie Brock without first having him mad at Spider-Man and Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of, that's yeah. that's the character, really, is. That's the, the base of the character. Um, well, and that's what drags him into the situation. And then, you know, so if Eddie Brock is Venom, if you're going to do... Like, you could have done a totally, like, unrelated alien symbiote mm -hmm. story, but I don't know. Then they, they teased the carnage thing at the end. Uh, yeah. Which, it, I suppose I should, we'll have to throw a spoiler alert, I guess, on this if we're going to keep that in the episode, just because that's a fairly recent film. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but, or you, you can know. just cut my saying the carnage part out. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think it's 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 just, they're so eager to put, that character in there without for you know properly developing it and you know I, but i think yeah you're right this the studio meddling and also just the the different properties being spread so far apart really kind of made it hard for for them to pull all of this together and now we see what they can do though what you can do when you have a studio mm -hmm. that owns all of the properties of something like a comic book and which is kind of weird because warner brothers <laughs> has had pretty much all the DC stuff for a very, very long they've had, time. They have all of it. And they've had all of it since, oh, I, I think, Batman time. So, like, the late 80s. Um, were the Superman films Warner Brothers vehicles? I think they were. Were they? Okay, so they've probably had even longer than that, then. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, so that's all been in... But you know what they did is Disney, when Disney bought Marvel, kind of reinvented the wheel on how they were going to do this. And they were going to take their time with it, and they were going to let each phase kind of play out and see what worked, see what didn't. And 
After the success of the initial phase of the idea, Warner Brothers went, oh, we need to have a universe too. And then, you know, obviously like, you know, the Monsters universe said, oh, we need to have a universe too. Like everyone in Hollywood said they needed a universe all the time. Oh, yeah, the the dark, um, the, the universal dark universe monster films that... Oh yeah, right. I was actually it started. thinking about the uh, Godzilla. Um, oh, that monster Kong universe. But yeah, um, but yes, that too. They tried to do that with the Tom Cruise Mummy film, which, by the way, was greenlit before the Dark Universe thing was conceived. So um, they also tried to launch it on Dracula Untold. Uh, which, uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, so and... so two major flops, and then they ditched the whole idea. So, looks like that is going to be rebooted, and there is going to be something along those lines, but much in much better hands. So, we'll see. Well, and Warner yeah. Brothers has tried most recently with you know the so-called Snyderverse. They tried to do something very different, which is let's just throw characters together and then give them their own solo movie, which is like the complete opposite of the way Marvel did it. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad approach. It just didn't work here because one of the other things that's really worked for the MCU is having, uh, you know, Kevin Feige really directing not each movie, but this these are the rules. This is the way it works, you know, and and to a fault in a way because you were, like you said you were kind of getting bored with Phase Two of the MCU, mm. which. I, I was starting to as well at some points. Um, I haven't talked to a whole lot of people that weren't a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I think before they started doing things like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, um, I was starting to kind of get to the, yep, that one was good, like all the others are. Like, yeah. you know, they all kind of it became... It, it's, a, it's a working formula, and the movies aren't bad it's just i was gonna they... say and this this is me i think but yeah. you know more than everyone else in the world but i still think to a certain extent that's true with the marvel films they're they're good i mean they're just but well, at the end of the day like even infinity war like i thought was a was a solidly good movie uh start to finish it yep. um but still it just didn't like they're all missing something that like doesn't make me like go home and like tell everyone they have to run out and see it they're just i certainly would never say they were bad they're good movies but <laughs> to me I, I i keep comparing them to like the harry potter franchise which i'm yeah, not like I mean, a gigantic it's... fan of or anything they're they're fine they're all good they're mm-hmm. all entertaining and they're good and yeah i like them enough to go see the next one when they were churning them out but it was kind of like yep yeah, they're all consistently good they're all yeah. the same good None of them took any chances. None of them tried to do anything different. Yes, I was entertained by the first one. That was good. I was I was blown away, by the way, by Iron Man in 2008. Me too. That was yep. so good. And that's what kept me going for a long time is how much I loved Iron Man and still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they just... And I think when you ask most people what's your favorite MCU film, they usually say Iron Man. And I think it's because it was the first and it was different. But mm-hmm. then they said, hey, that different worked. Don't make I mean, it different than that. One hundred percent Guardians of the Galaxy, but that I think has the same effect. Is that was the first one yep. I saw that was like, okay, this is different. Like they're doing something cool here, and that one breaks my comment that I just made about them all kind of feeling the same. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy blew me away. I felt like I kind of felt like when I was a kid and I first saw the Star Wars movies. For some, you know, it had like this kind of like magical something about it i don't know the just great characters cool sci-fi setting you know good good conceptualizing of like um you know other worlds and um yeah i don't know i i loved it and the, the weirdest thing is i've never seen the sequel i should i should watch it but i yeah, really it's, really it's like excellent. guardians i think you'd I think, really yeah. like the sequel you'd probably like it even more just because it has kurt russell in it yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> and it's that one i think i liked even more um, yeah, uh-huh. but I would say that they, and you know, even with like the Thor movies, the first Thor movie was good only because I thought it was gonna suck. Because I was like, yeah, there's no way too. you could pull off Asgard, and they did. And it was like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Okay, Kenneth Branagh did a good job. Um, yeah, Thor it's, two was it's kind not of really that good. It's just that I thought it would be terrible, and it wasn't. So. Right, and then the second one, everybody kind of agrees, was pretty lackluster. Um, but then they did Thor Ragnarok, which they learned something from Guardians. You know, pep it up a little bit. And 
Ragnarok is is one of my favorite MCU films. Yeah, I've um, heard that one's great too. Like I said, I haven't kept up, but th- those two that we just mentioned are definitely top of my list. I, as I mentioned to you before the show, I am only now just getting through uh, Black Panther, and I'm, not because I, it's not like a slog or I'm not enjoying watching it or anything. Just because mm-hmm. that's my life right now, I can't watch a movie all at once. So um, I'm almost done watching it, and I've really, really enjoyed it so far. And I think, uh, the, the, I mean, I believe the hype on it, so it's 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 definitely. A really really great film um so but yeah guardians 2 and ragnarok are next definitely the next couple i'm gonna check out if i don't get a chance to see endgame first but <laughs> well actually i would check those out first i yeah, would check I mean, them out first just so it i threw it, i threw out my idea that i was gonna watch this in any sort of continuity a long time ago so it's on infinity yeah. war so i figure i can probably pick up Endgame at this point but <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah if you're gonna watch that that's yeah but yeah, I would definitely check out the Ragnarok. That one was a lot of a lot of fun. Um, again, same kind of thing. Weird sci-fi building. It feels more like a Guardians film. It really yeah. did. And, and if, if I'm not. sure I'll love it. Like I just even even the trailers of I I enjoyed because um, I, I could just tell right away they're taking a very different kind of tone with mm-hmm. with it than the first two Thor films. Which I didn't I didn't see the Dark, dark World or whatever the second one was called. Um. But the first Thor movie, yeah, I, I saw it. I didn't dislike it. I probably won't. I'm not in a hurry to see it again or anything, but yeah. it was fine. <laughs> so, But yeah, and you know what? After this, well, and I'm not going to do anything, obviously, with spoilers, but we'll see where the next phase goes uh, with the MCU. And, I, and I'm curious to see, you know, because this really did set a trend, right? Like you just said, for universe building in mm-hmm. this way, you know, this orchestrated, controlled universe building that seems to work really well. I feel like DC is starting to kind of get their shit together a little bit yeah. with, with things like wonder woman and aquaman i think so i i think there's good things going on over there somewhere somebody's doing some some thinking i don't know honestly or, i've i've really liked the um the dc universe streaming yeah and i've actually just just dove into um the first seasons of titans which i think has been pretty hit and miss but when it hits it's good mm-hmm. um I like it enough to certainly I'm certainly going to finish it. Um so and then uh I really loved the um episode of the Doom Patrol characters and can't wait to dive into that series. So Yeah, that one's been that one has been really 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 fun. I think I've enjoyed that one more. And then later this month uh Swamp Thing comes out on on yeah, DC. Yeah. And that looks like it could be very good. Hopefully it is. So yeah hopefully they do that right but yeah then as you mentioned we've got another godzilla movie coming out may 31st i'm a little excited about that actually that and swamp thing same day oh right so that's busy gonna day. be a, it's gonna be a very busy <laughs> busy day for me so luckily the semester yeah, i'm, I'm gonna get then. out and see there there are like in my life there's probably like i two or three oh i'd say let's even say a handful like five franchises or things that like i will make time like it's hard for me to get to the movie theater to go see something um and like but you know when they show okay number one priority is always when they show doctor who stuff on on big screen i go uh star wars movies i go um so essentially saying godzilla i'm getting there i'm seeing it on the big screen no matter what um not making an exception on that one (laughs) so yeah i will i will find the babysitter we will get to to the theater and see that one because i feel like that just has to be seen that way yeah, but yeah, and that yeah. one, that one, I'm I'm very excited about. Otherwise, Man, yeah, I, I saw good. I saw Endgame, <laughs> I saw Endgame, and last week's episode of Game of Thrones within 24 hours of each other. Yeah, it was just a little too much. <laughs> oh, it was a little too much epic for for one week. I was yeah, just I have like, been making the time to keep up on Game of Thrones and because fortunately I can watch that from my home. I don't have to go to the theater. Yeah, so. but. Yeah. but yeah, I, I guess after after this with with this the, what they've done with the MCU, and I know they're coming out with more stuff, and that's that's cool. I'm very curious to see where they're going to go with it, and I'm curious to see how other studios and this seems to be the new version of a franchise. It's not just sequels anymore; it's expanding characters, and it's <laughs> it's a whole universe, and that's maybe it shouldn't be foreign because there's always been TV spinoffs, right? Right. Uh, there's been movie spinoffs, but that was always kind of just a unique one-shot thing, or that just took a life of its own. But to really 
pull this this universe again. I mean, you, you think about how sprawling the MCU is. You know, we were forgetting about aspects of it. Like, oh yeah, those TV shows and this. You know, so uh, cheers to to Marvel Studios for pulling this off and, to, and for Kevin Feige. Yeah, I, mean, I think this is a honestly, really cool thing. Being a person that grew up reading comic books, I never thought that we would actually see this realized in the way that it has been. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really has brought a comic book universe to life. And so, yeah, I mean, my hat is off to them for that accomplishment. It's, it's Even though I'm, they're not my, like I said, they're not really my characters. That's, it's not really my um, thing. But it, it's certainly, just on the, the merit of the, the fact that they've made this work, is worth mentioning worth talking about and and more often than not i enjoy these films when i see them they they have not been able to accomplish one major thing and that is to get me to like really get me what (laughs) to to what i just said about this godzilla movie to get me to the theater to see these things so something something's still missing there for me but it's probably just that i don't know it's marvel and it's 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 just that's (laughs) that's <laughs> yeah i mean i'd say my I've, preference I, my opinion i guess I, i've made it out to just about all of them in theaters um with few exceptions i i don't the two ant-man movies i didn't see in theaters and i don't know why i just think i was busy those weeks but um those have been fun um but yeah i think just about all the others with few exceptions. I, I did make a point to go see, but then again, with my kids being a little bit older, I can always take them, and if my son falls asleep, well, it's cheaper than a sitter, you know? But, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, overall... Yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait till those days, even though most most of the things I'll probably be seeing are um, animated films, but shit, I like animated films, so... Yeah, but this is... Uh, yeah, I've been I've been very... very pleased with this, and, and it's just... Wow, I'm, I'm really blown away like you said they brought this to to the screen in a way that i could never have imagined not only that too but just being out and about lately and seeing and listening like students when they talk about you know stuff in class like no spoilers but they this has become such a phenomenon there's people that never read a comic book in their life but they are devoted to the this franchise yeah and well i mean this is the new comic book right i mean marvel comics don't sell to the numbers like i mean nobody's paying attention to i shouldn't say nobody obviously they're in print someone's reading them but marvel comics themselves have suffered a major loss in sales but their their movies are more popular than ever so yeah they're making a ridiculous amount of money from it it's weird that the two things don't necessarily go together but that but they don't like just because these are popular characters on film doesn't necessarily translate to that people are going to go out and pick up comic books so well, and actually, it's an interesting uh, you know point there because I I remember when Captain America Winter Soldier came out. Uh, I was talking to the guy who who owns our local comic shop here, and he was talking about how you know that's arguably one of the best Captain America storylines ever written. Is is that is that series about Winter Soldier? And so he ordered a whole bunch of copies when the movie came out, and they sat on the shelves. But he had to yeah. keep reordering um, Batman Nightfall when Dark Knight Rises came out. Hmm. He couldn't... He's like, I can't keep them on the shelves. I, I'm ordering them every other day. Um, and you know, this is obviously decades after both of these books have been written and published. Yeah. And, and he said really one of the big differences was... The, the DC stuff, the, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, they were getting on talk shows and talking about the source material and the inspiration and why they chose this story, this Batman story to tell, or why they chose that Batman story to tell, because the origin, from the, the source material was so rich, and they encouraged people to go out and buy comics. And you don't, and this isn't really a criticism of the MCU, it's just, in fact, you don't hear them do that very much. Yeah, they don't talk about the comic origins or like you know, hey, this is based on the on the comic story, which is really really great, and I recommend you read it. They're not really doing that, and I don't know why. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't need to, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I I think it is cool to see people that don't read comic books really loving these characters, um, and and it actually disappoints me when I kind of see the opposite when I see 
comic fans being like, oh, you've never read the comic, so you're not a real fan. Hey, they're loving these characters. That's what matters. Yeah. You know. Yes, buy a comic every now and then because it's good for their business. But, <laughs> you know. Right. And I... If the character's heart translates onto the screen from the page, that's all that matters. I followed Marvel titles for years. Like, I started reading comics because of the Marvel characters I loved. You know, Mm X-Men, Spider-Man. And had subscriptions to, you know, multiple X-Men books. And I think one Spider-Man book for, I don't know, probably the better part of a decade. Hmm. And... Towards the end of that period of time, I, I found them to be much less enjoyable than than early on. Um, I felt like the quality of art, the quality of writing had diminished quite a bit. And honestly, I, I haven't read a whole lot of Marvel since then. Um, so I can't really say what my feeling is about its current state in print. But um, from getting some opinions, some of them unsolicited but from you know people that are in a little more into comics than i am it's supposedly it's it's kind of in a sad state yeah um, print wise at the moment i've I've heard some good things about a few titles yeah but yeah the the last marvel comic i read that was like a marvel character uh was uh the avengers versus x-men run and i was pretty disappointed in that um, yeah. Again, art, artwork and, and storytelling wise, but but again, you know these things always kind of wax and wane. And if this if this injects a little bit more lifeblood into the into these characters by having having these successful films, then I'm I'm on board. I hope that they can keep those keep the comics uh, coming out. And I hope they can they can improve them where they need improving. But I'm I'm glad to see these characters brought to life on the screen. It, it, I think for any I don't care what age you are, it is kind of a dream come true. Even if they weren't your characters, you're seeing something that you know is going to be making a change, and that's that's been pretty oh yeah pretty cool. So, yeah, and I'm root, I'm rooting for the the folks at Warner Brothers to get their shit together and uh, you know really please. really make something worthwhile out <laughs> of the DC please. universe because yeah. yeah that that could work really well. And it just—I just don't think it was handled the way that it, it should have been. And I—I did, I didn't want him to copy Marvel. I actually don't want Warner Brothers to be purchased by Disney. I don't want everything being owned by Disney. <laughs> no, but no. I would like somebody to go in and say, "All right, here's how I, we're going to do it." I and, liked that they tried to do things differently. They just need to figure out like what they're doing. I don't know tone wise, and like they can't—they can't have everything in one movie and then when it doesn't go well like reset everything for the next one Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way like you got to give things time and make let things develop um yeah anyway so (laughs) So. but i uh i do encourage everybody to go out check out endgame um it's it it is worth your time um but coming up actually on the show in the next few weeks we're going to be going back to watching some uh actual movies right we're gonna be uh let's see uh unfortunately we're supposed to have ryan Steiskel on the show tonight but i had to screw things up and change our recording schedule so ryan wasn't able to make it tonight but we are going to be getting on him on here uh in the upcoming weeks to talk about some films we always appreciate his input um otherwise let's be some see. some mean to ryan <laughs> yeah we do have uh the fall and fx coming up soon the near dark return of the living dead and much, much more kind of as we go into the summer. And I believe uh, Ryan is planning on joining us in the near future for a look at the um, Conan films. Yes. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. Yes, so. with, with Arnold. So um, hopefully we can make that happen, have Ryan back on the show. It'll be yes. looking yes. forward to that. So Definitely. sorry it didn't work out this time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I'd say what are your thoughts on the MCU, but do you? does any, any of our listeners have any uh favorite non-mcu marvel films are is there some of these kind of ones from the 90s that i guess we can call kind of 90s cheese or early 2000s cheese that uh, <laughs> yeah. that you just have a soft spot for like we mentioned spider-man 2 that one's still just it's still good um yeah what went wrong with everything else so yeah well we, to we didn't mention the dolph lunger and punisher movie from the 80s by the way too so well, if you really want, you really want to go back. One of the f- before Blade and before that, in 1986, we had Howard the Duck. 
Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Which I loved as a child, by the way. That's, uh... Yeah. And yes, Howard the Duck is a Marvel character, for those of you that didn't know. He is featured in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He is, yes. Which is pretty goddamn cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, do you have a, a favorite non-MCU Marvel film? Feel free to shoot us a tweet at VideoJunkPod, which is our Twitter handle. Find us on Facebook, uh, uh, Podcast. And just drop us a line. If you write it, we'll read it. And we look forward to, to hearing anybody's opinions on... Um, again, no spoilers for anything. If you've seen Endgame, keep it... You know, come on. Be a good fan. Don't ruin it for everybody else. But... <laughs> yeah. But uh, but feel free to drop us a line. Including. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Otherwise, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And we'll catch y'all next time. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. And I'm Aaron Branson. Everybody have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>